This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Ben Hughes, and Ben Hughes is an Australian revivalist. You'll hear it in his voice, Uh, but we are so excited because, Ben, you have so many stories and testimonies of what God has used you through uh, the revival that he had you in in Australia. But before we get to that, you and your wife have a powerful testimony about how God commissioned you to be in the ministry. If you could just tell the people at home about that. Absolutely. Uh, so great to be with you, Brian. And my wife and I, um, it was just past 10 years ago. We, um, you know, we've been in ministry for about 15 years. We met um, in Youth with a Mission um, many years ago now. We've been pastors and we've been missionaries. And But we were in a season where we were, we were really just pressing in for the more. We were so hungry. And we'd spent four or five months praying four to eight hours every single day and really just pressing into the Lord. And um, and we, we had a night where we essentially were invited into this uh, into this ministry role to, to be traveling full-time. And we wanted just to spend some time praying and asking the Lord about it. We came together as a family, my, my wife, um, Jody, and my daughter, Keely, and I, like we'd done so many times just to stop and pray and ask the Lord, is this Him? And, you know, we just, we heard nothing. And normally the Lord would speak to us in some way, and we, we went to bed a little bit. Well, <laughs> here comes the suddenly at, at 12.30-ish that night. All of a sudden, I went from being completely fast asleep to waking up with this gigantic ball of electricity. It's always so hard to describe. It, it was like this huge ball of electricity just going up and down my body, head and toes, back and forth. And I woke up screaming. And I mean screaming at the top of my lungs, just with the intensity uh, of what was going on, of this power that I was experiencing. And while I'm screaming, then I notice that my wife is also screaming, and she's hitting me. She's, Ben, 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 there's an angel, there's an angel, there's an angel. And uh, on our bed, at the end of our bed, there was a 10-foot-tall angel standing on the bed. And uh, my wife describes um, the angel. She was, was... Ten foot tall, had a big golden sash coming from its, you know, across its chest. Its arms were folded, and it had a really serious look on its face. And essentially, we were both just screaming and screaming. And uh, and then the angel basically left. And um, after the angel left, and the two of us stopped screaming, we went from basically screaming to suddenly frozen uh, with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord came into the room um, like a uh, like a heavy blanket is really the only way to describe it. Like, a, the, you know, it, the fear of the Lord came in the room in such an intense way that that I felt like if I I breathe wrong or I move my my pinky, <laughs> I'm going to explode. You know, this is how this is how it felt. And, wow. Uh, yeah, it was an extremely intense experience, and I'd never had an angelic encounter before. You know, and um, in fact, a friend of ours uh, who was who was inviting us, you know, to to be traveling and things like that, he'd said to us that night, just off the cuff, he said, "Oh, look, if you ever get visited by an angel, 
make sure you ask its name and its mission. And because I'd never had any kind of encounter like that before, I just thought, okay, you know, I'll put that on the fridge next to, you know, what happens in, in, you know, if there's a storm or there's a power cut or you have an angelic visitation, you know, someday maybe that'll happen. Well, little did I know it was about to happen that night. And, uh, and so, of course, when, when this, the angel left and I realized, oh, my gosh, we were only just told tonight you know, if you ever get visited by an angel, make sure you ask its name and its mission. And all we did was scream. <laughs> so we just began to pray after that. Eventually, you know, we were able to speak again. And we just began to pray and ask the Lord, what was that? And the Lord spoke very clearly. Um, he just took us to Zechariah 4. And uh, I opened up the Bible into Zechariah. He said Zechariah 4.11. And I opened up the Bible and I just began to read. Um, you, you know, uh, then I asked the angel, it said, you know, I knew that we were on a on um, the right track straight away. He said, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? And he replied, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. And uh, that just hit me like a freight train, as you can imagine. The, the context, of course, being we were asking the Lord, Lord, are you calling us to step out into, into this particular area of ministry? And the word came, this angel came, uh, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. And I flipped over to the message translation, and the message said, these are the two who are called to pour out golden lamp oil worldwide. And uh, And so... Yeah, the Lord continued to speak and um, told us to start a ministry and call it Pour It Out Ministries. Well, let me ask you a question, Ben. When when that angel visited you and you heard and read about Zechariah 4.11 from the Lord, what did you understand your ministry to mean at that point? What were you called to do? What was burning in you to do for God? It was very clear to us the mandate from the Lord was to pour out the oil of His presence Mm. in the nations. The Lord spoke very clearly about that. And so... Uh, you know, overnight, everything changed for us. So like I said, we'd been pastors, we'd been missionaries. Uh, this sudden mandate just came upon us to to essentially be revivalists. And this picture in Zechariah is of the oil that flows to the lampstand, which is the church, and that oil, wow. the fire burning, you know. And so that was the mandate we had from the Lord, essentially to be revivalists, to to pour out the oil of His presence and power to the nations. It was very clear. Well, we love revival. We love His presence. And you're going to be so excited, those of you who are listening at home, all the stories that Ben has about how God took him and his wife and his family through revival in the presence of God. Let me backtrack just for a moment, Ben. When you talk about the fear of the Lord, that's one thing that we're really missing in church today and individual Christians. We're missing the fear of the Lord. And that really impacted you. And I understand that for a little bit of time there, that that fear of the Lord lingered on you for weeks following. You you could hardly even speak to each other. And you understand the, the depth of holiness and how much that really matters to the Lord. Yeah. You know, this was not a, um, it wasn't a bubbly, comfy experience. Um, you know, when the when the angel of the Lord was there, you know, it, and then afterwards, this the fear of the Lord was so intense. And, you know, it wasn't a fear in like a, something evil, but nevertheless, it was an extremely intense fear of the Lord. And, and we were very, very aware that our actions matter. And like you said, you know, for weeks after that, both of my wife and I, 
we, we almost felt like we were going crazy because every every word that came out of our mouth we was measured in our hearts. You know, we wow. felt like we couldn't even speak without checking our agenda and checking that we're we're loving one another and what we're saying. And it just became acutely aware in that season that our actions, our thoughts matter. That holiness really matters. So it sounds like when we really encounter the Lord, when we get when we get close, as we know in Isaiah six, where uh, Isaiah heard "Holy, holy, holy," we know that's around the throne. But why is it that we don't have as as a, a the body of Messiah? Why do we not have a revelation of holiness? You know, that's a really great question, Ryan. And I think what we're beginning to see is an actual increase in this realization and the revelation of the fear of the Lord. As signs and wonders uh, are on the increase, and I think, you know, everyone can see, you look around the world, you, anyone you talk to, there's an increase of miracles, there's an increase of the presence of God, and God's showing up with that. And with that, you know, there's an increase of the fear of the Lord coming. I mean, in Acts chapter 2, we see God moving so powerfully. It says that there was a, a great um, fear and awe came upon the whole church. And, um, you know, even to the extent where we see things like Ananias and Sapphira, you know, people have talked a lot about that that whole story. What was that all about? Well, for me personally, in that moment when we had that encounter, like I said, I felt like if I breathe wrong, I'm going to explode just because of the purity and the holiness and the awe of who God is. And I think as we continue to have an increase of God showing up in our in our meetings, in our day-to-day lives, I think we're going to see an increase in that fear of the Lord. I think one, you know, the fear of the Lord leads to an increase in signs and wonders, and I think signs and wonders lead to an increase in the fear of the Lord as well. I believe that with all my heart. And, and, and Ben, you, you have a saying— you never know what's on the other side of saying yes to God. Uh, what does that mean to you? I think the most powerful thing that we can give the Lord is simply our yes. And ultimately, that's all that we can give Him. You know, it's just our, our yes to the Lord. And, you know, we've had seasons, in fact, many seasons. And I love how my daughter puts it. You know, we give the Lord a big yes, but then that gets followed up. It has to be followed up with a million little yeses every day. And I remember one particular season, you know, where my wife had been, and I had been in ministry for some time and we, we felt, you know, we went through some really tough things. You know, we all go through things and we were disillusioned and we'd been let down by leadership and we'd had some ministry friends divorce and a bunch of things like that. You know, and we're thinking, man, can we carry on and do this anymore? And we went to a meeting one night and we just knew right in the beginning of the worship we thought you know what we just have to say yes to god despite everything going on around us and we went down on the altar the two of us we threw ourselves on the altar and we said god we just say yes to you we just choose to say yes despite all of this stuff lord we just want to say yes to you and you know it wasn't too long after that we we had this encounter and um, all of a sudden you know, when this angelic encounter happened and the Lord commissioned us into ministry, out of the blue, you know, our calendar was booked up and suddenly we were flying all around the world. The Lord was taking us into these amazing places. And I think, you know, this kind of started just with us kneeling on a carpet at the front of a church one night, just saying yes to God, even though we couldn't see um, what was going to happen. We didn't understand some of the things that were going on around us and coming against us. But, you know, if we'll just say yes to the Lord, he can take that. It's like our loaves and fishes, you know. I'm sure the little boy did not know when he gave Jesus that those loaves and fishes, that that little lunch was suddenly going to be multiplied and feed thousands of people. 
And that's really what I mean by that. We just don't know what's on the other side of our our unqualified, unconditional yes to the Lord. (laughs) I like that. So, Ben, tell us about your brand new book, When God Breaks In. Yeah. I'm so excited about this book. You know, the Lord spoke really clearly to me um, during worship one night to write a book um, about the encounters that I'd had with him and the lessons that I'd, uh, that had come from that. And so essentially the book is 20 different encounters where God has literally broken into my life in all kinds of different ways. I mean, the angelic encounter that we're just talking about is in there. There's times where there's been, you know, miraculous last minute, 11th hour supernatural provision. There's some really fun stories of, of just where God has done possible things. You know, these are very everyday, normal life stories. where We're just going about our normal life. We might be in a difficult situation and suddenly God just breaks in. It's been a real joy to be able to tell some of those stories. And, you know, in every chapter and every story that I tell, there's real uh, impartation for, for people who read that to go into that same encounter and have that same breakthrough. You know, there's, there's great hope is released. And, uh, and, and the word suddenly gets used a lot, Brian, the word suddenly. You know, we're, we're in a difficult situation, and then all of a sudden, God just breaks in. And I like that, Ben, because you plowed really hard, and you went through some stuff. Uh, so some of us don't have to go through some of that same things that you went through because you've been there, done that, and you showed us how to uh, overcome and how God comes suddenly. And you also did an exclusive three-CD set for us, Secrets to Encountering God, and you really— open up your heart about, here's how I encounter God. Here's how you can encounter God. You did that on those first two CDs. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, God, I made up a word, Ryan, and I made up a word and the word is encounterable, you know, and the thing is, is that we have a God who is able to be encountered, you know, and so even more than we want to encounter him, he wants to encounter us. And so in these CDs, I essentially talk all about what it means um, to be able to come into his presence. And, you know, spoiler alert, the secret really is is that, that God wants so much to be able to spend time with us and have that intimacy with us. You know, Christianity is by definition uh, an experiential relationship. You know, you can't have a relationship without there being an experience. Otherwise, you know, just by reading a book about somebody doesn't mean that you have a relationship with them. But God wants to have a relationship with us. And so I really unpack that and, and how... Um, you know, God is the God, even though we have these amazing encounter stories and different things, God is the God of the everyday encounter. Yes. You know, yes, he has these moments where he breaks into our lives and he does, you know, incredible, massive supernatural things. But he's also the God who is able to be encountered every single day. And so I really just go into that. And Ben, I love what you did just for us on your third CD. You literally made us, for the people that contact It's Supernatural, a prophetic soaking worship and divine declaration CD. Talk about that. Yeah, so you know, I've spent some time um, just wanting to to record essentially, you know, what I've done for the twenty five plus years uh, in my bedroom or just just alone, and just in worshiping the Lord and going into that place of His presence and encountering Him, you know, just in that one on one place. And so I've recorded that. And like you say, it's full of just declaration uh, of truth, um, as well as just uh, allowing us to so marinate in the presence of God. And, 
it's wonderful. I love it. And you had been going through a tough season, you and your wife, on many different levels. We won't go into it right now, but even your wife had some health issues. And you had a powerful and interesting visitation in the night. What happened? Yeah, like you say, it had, it had been a really difficult season for us. There was a lot of attacks, a lot of things coming against us. And, uh, you know, we even had a, a physical um, visitation from a, a spirit of death, from a demon, walked up to our, our sliding door of our house one night and opened um, the door. And both my wife and daughter saw this happen. And, and I was looking at them and their jaws dropped. But then this, this flash of light uh, came and, and, and the, uh, the spirit of death was chased away. And I did what any good Pentecostal would do at that point. I, I filled up a, a jar, a, a jug of oil, and I marched around our property praying. And <laughs> That's awesome. This, this oil moat <laughs> the property of our house. And uh, this was in Queensland, Australia, in the middle of summer. It was so funny, Ryan. I came out the next day, and there was this burnt line right around the house where the sun had just singed this, wow. this oil. And... Uh, but, you know, all these things were happening. Well, uh, a couple of nights after that, we were lying in bed, my wife and I, and all of a sudden, there's that word again, all of a sudden, it sounded like a hundred horses came running up to our bedroom window. Now, our bedroom window was right on the roadside of the house, and it's like the sound of a hundred horses came riding up, and I mean hooves and snorting and the the breathing and all of that. And, and I jumped up out of bed. I flung open the bedroom curtain, looked outside to a complete silent night, you know, so to speak. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm looking out the window and I'm peering up the street and thinking, Where on, what on earth just happened? And, and my wife heard it as well. This is the amazing thing. Once again, my, my wife and I both heard this. We jumped up and, uh, and the Lord just spoke. The angels of the Lord are encamped around you. The armies of the Lord are encamped around you. You know, and it was just a display of force on our behalf. You know, the Lord just saying to us, "Hey, I am. I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys." So, and that had to be completely reassuring because of everything that you guys had been going through. Oh, it was. You know, the Lord is the Lord is so kind and. And we weren't going through small things. You know, it was some really full-on stuff that was going. But the Lord's just saying, hey, guys, I am with you. And and that's the truth for all of us. And that's why I share like encounters like this in the book. The facts are is that God is with us. The angel armies are around us. And, and I love and You know, we, we know in the, the story with Elisha when he prays that his servant's eyes be opened. And his eyes are opened. And then he sees those angelic armies all around on the mountains. What I love about that story is that Elisha didn't say, God, send the angel armies and show my servant. It was, no, just show my servant, Lord, that those armies are already here. They're with us. They're protecting us. And uh, so I just, yeah, the Lord is so kind. He's so kind. Speaking of angels, you had a unique experience while you were ministering in Fiji. What happened? <laughs> yeah, so we were a part of uh, a 50 nights of revival that happened in Fiji, and it was in a quite a remote village out of town. And, uh, you know, it had been amazing. We'd seen God doing all sorts of incredible things. But, you know, this was probably the least attended night. It was raining. Um, you know, it was a Monday night, uh, you know, which sometimes people don't like to come out on a Monday night after the weekend. Right. We're in the, we're in the middle of worship. And I'm just leading worship, and I'm singing, and I'm, I'm singing this kind of just prophetic flow. And I'm singing, we come to the waters and drink. And while this is happening, I begin to hear these voices singing. 
And I mean, the Fijians always are beautiful when they sing anyway, but I, this was not the Fijians. And I'm looking around the room and I'm thinking, where is that coming from? And suddenly I have a, a realization what's going on. Um, I guess because we'd had similar encounters before, but I realized that the angels are singing. And so I asked the room, I said, hey guys, everyone just, just don't sing, don't talk, just listen for a moment. The angels are singing. And as I carried on singing these three perfect harmonies, was singing along with me. And I mean, every person in the room could hear it. It was loud. <laughs> you know, you, you didn't have to squint your ears, so to speak. <laughs> you know, like, you didn't have to try and hear it. You didn't have to force or manufacture an encounter is what you're saying. Not at all. It was just right through the right through the room, these, these angels were singing along in worship. And uh, uh, the, the, the atmosphere immediately changed to this real holy glory, uh, you know, and I, I, I put down the guitar and I asked the, the, the Fijian band just to just to sing with standing on holy ground and, and I just began to, to pray for people and minister and the glory came so strong um, in that place. It was but what I love is I, I interviewed afterwards the, the pastor's son uh, was the drummer, a uh, twenty five year old guy, his name is Levi, and I asked him afterwards about the experience and he said, I have heard angels sing. It will always be my story. I have heard the angels sing. Wow. You know, this big Fijian smile on his face. Yeah, and so encounters like that change people forever. Oh, for sure. And and Ben, you're not only a revivalist, but you were a worship leader for so long, and you, you know what it's like to be a worshiper, to bring in the praise, to change the atmosphere. Talk about that for a moment. And I know you you released this on your uh, third CD uh, that people are going to get, but how does praise in your heart, how does it change the atmosphere? Well, you know, the Lord gave me a revelation that what determines an atmosphere in a place is essentially what is worshipped in that atmosphere, you know? And so that can be either direct worship or it can just be through, you know, of God or it can be through sin and different things, you know? And when it says in Psalm 22 that God is enthroned on the praises of His people, this is essentially what we're talking about. Like when we worship Jesus, we, we literally place him on the throne in the atmosphere. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus is King of Kings, the Lord of Lords over the entire universe. But, you know, I think we've all had the experience where we might walk into a certain part of a downtown area or something like that at night and think, oh, this just does not feel good, you know, here. And, and what we're picking up is the spiritual atmosphere. But if we can just begin to uh, worship Jesus you know, he is enthroned upon the praises of his people. And so well, he's able to come and take his rightful place as king. Everything else is dispelled. All of the, the demonic stuff is essentially not able to stay around any longer, and it begins to shift. And the Lord gave me a powerful picture of this one night. I was leading worship uh, in, in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, he opened my eyes, and I could see like a brown smog in the atmosphere, and like up in the, up in the ceiling kind of area. And when I looked around, people were worshiping. I saw these rainbow-colored vapors coming out of their mouth, and the, this vapor was going up into the ceiling and essentially changing the color of the atmosphere. That brown was getting replaced with this beautiful, vibrant, colors, you know, um, kind of like the northern lights. And and it, he just gave me a picture. I'm not saying that that's literally what happens, but the Lord was teaching me and showing me that our praise literally changes 
the atmosphere. And so yeah, he is enthroned upon the praises of his people. And that same verse, of course, is also translated that, that God inhabits the praises of his people. So as we begin to worship him, you know, um, I, I like to put it this way, that the, the praising mouth becomes a literal portal through which heaven invades earth. Mm. You know, so as we open our mouth, it's literally a portal between heaven and earth. And, and, and heaven rushes in and just shifts, brings a shift to what is going on. So let me ask you this. David said in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And you, you believe in that and you walk in that. So what happens when we're alone and we just start praising and we just start worshiping, even if our situation looks bad, even if it looks like all hell is breaking loose? What is going on? in the atmosphere of the individual when we just choose to throw up our hands and say, Lord, I worship you. You know, in the Peanuts cartoon, um, we have the character, you know, who walks around with that, that cloud hanging over him. And I think that's such a great picture of sometimes what it can be, what it can be like. But as soon as we begin to worship Jesus, you know, we say that all of these other factors uh, they're not the ones that have control. They're not the ones that are, are going to have the influence over my life. And when we begin to worship Jesus, our, it's like our hearts come in correct alignment with heaven. You know, rather than giving any kind of partnership or attention to the enemy and what's going on, our hearts become aligned properly with heaven. And I tell you, praise is the most powerful weapon that we have. And the fact that we have a direct promise that, that God inhabits the praises of his people means as soon as we begin to worship him, he can't resist, he comes, you know, and there's a manifestation of his presence. I think that's such a key, Ryan, you know, that, that God is omnipresent. He's always omnipresent. He's everywhere he ought to be. But there's a difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. Right through the Bible, we see God actually show up and his presence shows up. So even with Moses, you know, when Moses says to the Lord, God, unless your presence comes with me, I don't want to go. So Moses knew there was a difference between the manifestation of the presence of God and the omnipresence of God. And so just as an individual on a Monday after church, no band, no, you know, you don't even need a worship album or anything else. You can just sit there and just begin to worship Jesus. And we lift his name above every other name. So when we say, Jesus, I lift your name above every other name. We simply put Jesus in the highest place. Everything else is brought low. So those those lies, the fear, those voices that say you can't pay your bills or those voices that say that you're useless and there's no hope for you, these are all voices. But when we make his voice the number one voice, this is what our praise does. It lifts his voice above every other voice, and that brings a shift in our heart and as well in just in the spiritual atmosphere around us. So good, Ben. And I know you at home, I know you can feel what we're feeling here, the presence of God. Just start worshiping. And, you know, Lord, we just worship you right now. We praise you. We thank you, as Ben said, that you inhabit the praises of your people. And, Lord, we bless you, and we thank you for who you are. And we ask that you continue to pour out your spirit on all all those who are listening right now in Jesus' name. Ben, I have never heard a story like this before ever in my life, and this is incredible. But leading up to that uh, incredible story, talk about how God uses supernatural rain in your meetings. What, what goes on with that? 
Yeah, well, this all started, Brian. It's a weird beginning, but you know, God does things weird. The Bible is full of weird stuff from cover to cover. And sometimes we think because it's in the Bible, we just kind of receive it. But when you really get into it, there's some really crazy stuff in there. And one day I was walking through a shopping mall and uh, I started to feel this, this dripping this it hit my my right ankle and I was you know I was clothed I I had jeans and socks and shoes on and and I keep feeling this dripping hit my ankle and I was like okay this is weird and I said God if that's you uh, would you do it somewhere else now the Lord had already begun to renew our minds for the supernatural you know and and that things happen and signs and wonders happen and so I, I thank Him for that and I was able to say okay God you know if this is you would you would you do this somewhere else so I, I know and immediately I began to feel this rain this this dripping hitting my my wrists and my and my forehead and I was like oh okay thank you Lord well over the next little while I know that sounds so weird over the next little while. The rain increased. So I call it rain because this is what it becomes like. It it began to feel like we were standing in a in a rain shower, and my wife began to experience, and it increased. And so there would be no water or anything like that. It would literally just feel like you're outside and it's raining, and it would be falling on us. And this increased and increased, and uh, all the way through to one day we were um, at. By now, there had not been any physical kind of water, and we were in our car, and we were leaving a meeting on the Gold Coast of Queensland, Australia, and as we were driving away, it literally began to rain inside our car. Inside the car? Inside the car, real water. Were the windows down? Did you have the sunroof open? Were you in a convertible? This was a good car. It's not like some of the cars I had when I was young. <laughs> in a possibility, but... You know, the windows are up, everything's it, we're inside the car, and all of this physical water fell on us. And the Lord spoke to us really clearly out of 1 Kings 18. And, you know, it's when Elijah hears the sound of the abundance of rain, because I hear the sound of heavy rain. And he gave us a word. Now, as we've already shared on the program, you know, the Lord had called us to be revivalists and to, to contend and release revival uh, in the nations. And so everywhere we went, we began to prophesy this, that, you know, we hear the sound of the abundance of rain, that, that God is saying, I am getting ready to pour out my spirit and we can we can feel it coming. We can hear it coming. And the Lord would back up this word that so it wasn't only just happening for Jody and I, but it began to happen in our meetings. And many, many people began to experience the supernatural rain falling in our meetings. Um, not only was there rain falling in the meetings, um, there would be there would be wind. People would people would experience wind. People would hear wind. All of a sudden, it would be completely fine outside. It would be still, and there would be like this this wind sound. Another time, my wife was praying for somebody, and uh, a lightning bolt. They both saw a literal lightning bolt shoot across my wife's shoulder, hit the man she was praying for. He fell down on the ground really hard, shaked and baked for a while, as we say, like he. He was he was shaking under the power of God, and and he received some real deliverance. Got up again, and uh, you know, this this continued to happen. But you know what what would happen is that people would be refreshed, mm. would be healed, people would be excited. They begin to to love Jesus. I mean, we when we were in Fiji, at the same time I was talking about hearing the angels singing. Uh, I think every single night that we were in Fiji, it rained supernaturally right through the meeting. And um, every person, as far as we know, 
experienced it. And you know, even some skeptical people would have some teams come over from Australia and they'd hear about this rain and they'd be like, you know, a little skeptical about it. And then one by one, people would come running up to us. I felt the rain. I felt the rain. I felt the rain. And, uh, you know, I just love how the Lord, uh, you know, he, he does things and he just, he, he, he in the most playful of ways as well. Now, to this day, Ben, people, when you speak and when you minister or when you're teaching, people feel that rain. Yes, yeah, still continue to experience it. So sometimes there's been physical water, not so many times. There is several occasions where there has been physical water, but most of the time people just feel this rainfall. It's unmistakable. You know, once again, it's not like you have to think, mm, I'm not sure if that's something. It's unmistakable, this this rain of the Lord falling. Yeah. Wow, I love that. I want more of that. I want to feel that myself. <laughs> Now, you, after a lot of these manifestations were happening, you and your wife planted a church to host the presence of God. Yeah, so we were traveling full-time, uh, like we've said, uh, releasing revival ministry all around the world. And the Lord just began to speak to us to to plant a church to host His presence, to host revival. And He specifically told us to, to go and do that on the Sunshine Coast of Australia. And uh, and so we did that, and we, we, we hadn't lived there before. And we uh, so we rolled into into the city there with uh, with three suitcases and about two hundred dollars in our pocket and just begun to to plant this church and and pray and contend for revival. And you you planted, you prayed, you plowed, and then what happened uh, uh, after three years? Yeah, so after three years of really pressing in, contending for revival, the Lord spoke to us really clearly to put on a a set of meetings, and uh, He gave us the date. He said. January 3 to January 10, and call it Summer of Revival. I know that's confusing for our, our Northern Hemisphere listeners, but <laughs> yeah. summer, it's summer in Australia, <laughs> January. But So put on the set of meetings, January 3, January 10, and call it the Summer of Revival. And to cut a, a long story short, essentially, revival broke out. And, you know, we were already experiencing incredible um, Sunday meetings. We, we had people um, healed. Uh, you know, saved every single uh, time we met, um, worship would be exploding. But then suddenly he said, put on a week of meetings. And I tell you, Ryan, it just went immediately to a whole other level. And uh, by the end of that that week, uh, it was eight nights, by the end of that week, the building that we rented specifically for these meetings was packed out. And there were people standing around the outside of the building. And, and the power of God had been so strong it was it was almost overwhelming uh for all of us you know and even just in the very first week we saw whole families come in and be restored and and whole families would be be wiped out under the power of god lying on the on the carpet and 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 just you know being delivered and being filled and being reconciled and and we had some kids uh like young skater boys who were outside skateboarding and, and they'd come into the meeting and and experience the power of god and i remember one young guy in particular you know on the microphone um giving his life to jesus in front of everybody saying this is real this is wow in, in this revival turned into what was known in australia and now all over the world it was known as a pineapple revival. What? Why? Why was it named that? Well, immediately after that first week, when we extended, we we had to go to buildings. So we went to another venue called Aussie World, um, which was just so typical of the Lord. We had an Aussie World revival, which was in a pub, 
And uh, and the cool thing about that is that the, the bar had to remain open um, during <laughs> during the revival wow. part of the con- condition. And, and I remember one night a guy came in, he sat, he drank six beers, and then got saved. Gave us like, wow. You know, and uh, but after that eight weeks, we again we had to find another venue. And there's a very famous tourist attraction in Australia called the Big Pineapple. And essentially, it's a pineapple farm that they turned into a tourist attraction. And and it has like a, a 40 foot tall fiberglass pineapple out the front of it. And so we moved into this venue. It, it hadn't really been used for a while. They had a big open space in what used to have been their, their food court area. You could sit about a thousand people. And um, so we began to meet in the big pineapple every night. And uh, and people just started to call it. It's the pineapple revival. And it's so funny, Ryan, because God is a genius. God is a marketing genius. The whole of Australia knew about, knows about the big pineapple and, and has an affection in their hearts for it. And so people would begin to talk, hey, have you heard Revival has broken out at the big pineapple? And they would just come. And and uh, we, we were sent every kind of pineapple thing that you can imagine. <laughs> we, have, we have pineapple tea towels and pineapple candles and pineapple, <laughs> every kind of thing. But... But you know what God did in that in that place in that big pineapple uh, was just so glorious. It's hard to find words for it. Just the power of God that swept through that place night after night after night. You know, um, was yeah, just absolutely. Let, let me ask you this, and as I'm asking this, if you could also think about uh, a few of the powerful things that happened during that revival, but. Um, Ben, being in revival, being through revival and being a revivalist, and I know you carry that, you know, I've told people in interviews before that I was privileged to go through the Brownsville revival and it ruins you. You, you know what it's like to be in that. And so what did, what did going through revival do for you? It ruined us. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I think it ruined everybody who went through it, you know, in the best possible way, you know, when you. When you experience God like that and you know what's available, um, it does wreck you for anything less. And once again, the amazing thing is is that that is available to us. His glory is available. And, you know, revival is simply about normal Christianity. You know, a revival is about returning to what God always intended for us to have. And uh, and so for us, yeah, we we can't do it any other way. We can't do a meeting any other way. We we can't, you know. Um, and so we, every time we come together, it's amazing seeing God continue to move. So in the middle of that pineapple revival, the Lord began to speak to us, uh, you know, that He was moving us to America, and uh, He called us um, to come to the United States to put our shoulder to the plow here. Um, for revival in the United States as well, and to come and lend our strength to so many amazing, faithful men and women of God who are, are sowing and plowing and contending here. But yeah, so he called us to come and put our strength uh, here as well. So, All right, give us a couple testimonies of what God did for people in that revival. Oh, look, like I said, I mean, seeing families, whole families come you know, and experience God together. People who had been not in church or not even in relationship with the Lord for some time was amazing. Uh, I remember seeing God move so powerfully in children and teenagers. Uh, I'll never forget, and I don't think anyone who was there will forget, one night we had three nine-year-old girls who were who had fallen out under the power of God on the altar just during the meeting. And they, they lay on the ground and they're just shaking under His power all night long, you know. And I mean, you see that you see these these young beautiful girls just being impacted by the spirit of the Lord, yes. and, 
it, it can't help but but mess you up. You know, I remember a nine-year-old girl uh, who had never heard out of one of her ears. You know, and and myself and one of our interns, uh, Hannah, um, just prayed for her, and uh, her ear opened up. You know, and uh, she'd never heard out of it, and suddenly this deaf ear opens. You know, um, we saw all kinds of miracles, all kinds of diseases healed. I mean, we'll never forget another lady who came up to the altar with a sign, a handwritten sign that she couldn't speak and that she had tumors, you know, in her in her vocal cords. And at the end of the night, she came up and started talking to my wife. And wow. I said, hang on, hang on a minute. You can't talk. <laughs> I, can, I can now, you know, and the Lord had healed her. Um, you know, so we saw many, many miracles, but the most impacting thing, every night people would come up to us and they'd say things like, you know, I've been a Christian for 20 years and I've never experienced the presence of God yes. like this. And and people just began, God got really real. I like that. People had encounters with Jesus face to face. I mean, I mean, real encounters with Jesus. People had many, there was one 16 year old girl, uh, I remember just during worship. Um, what happened, we asked her later, what happened is that she was worshiping and she would bump into something behind her and she'd turn around and there was nothing there and, and she'd carry on worshiping a little and, and this happened again and she turned around and nothing was there. And then a third time, she bumps into something behind her and she turns around and she has an open-eyed vision. There's an eight-foot-tall angel standing right behind her. And, and then she looks up and all through the room, these angels are standing behind people and she begins to hoe uncontrollably and I mean shouting out oh like this you know and and the whole I mean the place was exploding anyway but this was above everybody and everyone can hear it she's just uncontrollably um you know just just shouting out like this because of what she has seen and experienced so much so it didn't stop the whole way through the meeting I don't know what to do so let me ask you this you talk about secrets to encountering God and you've let some of those out while we've been uh in this interview together but a lot of times God is just as eager to uh, run towards us as we're wanting to run towards Him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have this beautiful story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. It gets called the prodigal son, but I think really it's more a story about the father. You know, and Jesus is telling the story essentially to say, hey, this is what I'm like. This is what the father is like. And we have these two sons. You know, both of them have got things a little bit not right. And and essentially, you know, we have the prodigal son who, who's been out, messed up, and he thinks, well, I'm not worthy anymore to be the son. And he takes a step towards the father, and he comes back, and the father sees him, and immediately, you know, he hitches up his long shirt, and he just runs off after this prodigal son. And that's such a powerful story of how the father is. You know, when we take a step towards him, we find him running after us. And all through the Bible, we see these invitations from the Lord to seek after him, you know, and uh, even down to the fact that in in Hebrews um, 11, um, you know, the Bible says that God rewards those who diligently seek him. So not only does he invite us to seek him, and he promises that when you search for me with all your heart, you'll find me. Not only you know does he promise we'll find him, then he says, oh, I'll reward you. I'll reward you yes. when you seek me. You know, and of course, what does he reward us with? He he rewards us with himself. You know, the very thing that we're seeking. He is the prize. He is the 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 thing that our hearts long for and desire. And and when David said, you know, my soul longs 
to the Lord as the deer pants for the water. You know, that picture of our thirst while while God longs to encounter us and for, for him to be encountered. And so, yeah. Ben, would you please release whatever the Lord's put on your heart for the people that are listening right now? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jesus. You know, I want to just say this. I want to pray for everybody to have this experience. I want to say this, you know, such an important part of us encountering God is that so that in turn, we can also lead other people into encounter, you know, that just as Moses had that burning bush encounter and we can have an experience of his presence, uh, God then wants us to also become an encounter for other people, you know? And so, uh, well, so Jesus, Thank you. I thank you. I thank you that, God, you are available to us, that you're not just some distant, far away God, but Jesus, you paid a terrible price, not just so that we could go to heaven, although that's a very big, important part of it, but God, you paid for our connection so that we could be restored in relationship to you, that Jesus, you paid a terrible price so that we could actually have an encounter with you so that we could have relationship with you. And I want to pray for every person listening right now that you have an encounter with them, that God, you pour out your spirit on my friends listening right now, and they would experience you in a way they never have before, that you would come really close today, God. You'd come really close, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, your word promises that if we will draw near to you, you draw near to us. When we take one step in our heart towards you, we find you running after us. And so I just release that on you today in the name of Jesus. Yeah, amen. Amen. We receive that. And now you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Ben Hughes. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. Did you know that you are created to have a lifestyle of God encounters? Ben Hughes wants to mentor you on how you can position yourself for heavenly visitations in his brand new book, When God Breaks In, and his exclusive two CD set, How to Shift the Atmosphere for Breakthrough. You will also receive Ben's brand new exclusive instrumental worship CD, Heavenly Atmospheres, which creates an atmosphere for God encounters for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Ben Hughes' brand new book, When God Breaks In, along with his brand new two CD set, How to Shift the Atmosphere for Breakthrough, and his exclusive brand new soaking CD, Heavenly Atmosphere, offer number 9631 for an investment of 39 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9631. Once again, that's offer number 9631.